episode 280, Ryan China McCartney, how to deal with anxiety and depression. Welcome, check out this fantastic podcast, do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review, it'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling off keynote speaker and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Arnold. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Now, you may think this might not be a positive episode, but this is a positive episode, but we're gonna really dig into that lesser tackled subject of depression and anxiety that I'm going to put it out there, that we all suffer from at some time. Maybe not to the depression level, but I have. I'll put it out there. So we're talking to Ryan China McCartney today. He's all about tackling this issue. And he's the man behind Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression. As a former athlete, and that was probably when I had some most troubling times. And when I transitioned out of that athlete's lifestyle is when I probably suffered the most. So I really had to get him on the show. I've been on their podcast we're going to dig into it today, but Ryan, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Always ready to bring it. Awesome. I felt myself starting to ramble then, so I'm like, I want to get you, get you speaking, get you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your origins. What did you do growing up or what, what did you want to be and where are you originally from and where are you speaking to us from today? Yeah, no, I'm born and raised in Southern California. Um, kind of traveled around a bit for baseball, played professional baseball until I was 25 years old. Um, but luckily, I'm back in beautiful Southern California. But yeah, you know, I, I related to what you said in the, the intro where I kind of was identified my identity was an athlete until I was 25. And when I started to transition away from that and had to figure out the real world, um, I just dealt with a ton of anxiety, depression, and was ashamed of it, really. Wanted to hide yep. it. I was embarrassed, especially while I was playing. I didn't want scouts to know I was going through it. Coaches kind of make you, you know, they want you to be a robot. No emotion. Yep. And so, yeah, I was really just hiding it for years and years. And then only recently, about three years ago, I started to get comfortable sharing it. And uh, it's kind of led me on a path to the, to the foundation and stuff like that. But that's a, a little snapshot into yeah. who I am, what I was, and uh, who I am now. <laughs> cool. And uh, just to tie it all together, we uh, got connected through Tim Dixon, who um, his, his episode, The Mental Locker, and he, you co-host a podcast with him, The Pursuit of Perfection podcast or pod 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 podcast yeah the pod pod <laughs> it's always yeah. it rolls off the tongue um yeah. so he's a, again an awesome guy who we're both connected to in southern california as well and we will put links to his original show and we talk about it's going way back into single figures of the episode but really a strong one it was my uh, one of my featured best of season one so shout out to tim dixon i i know you're listening not i hope i know you <laughs> so um i just want to talk a, a little bit about then when you were transitioning out of out of that athlete's 25 seems mm -hmm. relatively young uh, you tell me so w what was the around that era when you were sort of transitioning was it an active choice or was it, what was the situation that you realized you're going to have to change it you know change your identity ultimately yeah and i know you're going to be able to relate to this it was really kind of an injury that started the end um and what's interesting is I probably played the last four years of my career, almost all of my professional career, um, for everybody else except for myself. I had stopped really enjoying the grind of the game, um, the grind of pitching yeah. at 20, 21 years old. And um, 
but I kept going. It was kind of the only thing I was identified as in my family, friends, social circle. And um, I kept going in that year, my 25 year old season, I went to Pittsburgh for spring training and there was something just wrong with my elbow. Something didn't feel right. And uh, my first bullpen, it was just clear to the coaching staff, the medical staff, there's something going on. And uh, one little test and the, the doctor said I was done. Oh, and um damn. for that year and uh when i started to do rehab for the next year it was like i'm gonna be 26 i'm making 600 dollars a month if i'm lucky eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like <laughs> yeah i need to uh i need to start pursuing my passions and figure out who i really am as a man and um that's what's interesting i tell everybody is i know it says you're an adult when you're 18 years old. I don't feel like I started to become a man and an adult until I started that transition away and had to figure everything out for myself. Um, but that brought on a lot of uncertainty. It brought on a lot of anxiety. Um, but it brought on a lot of excitement as well. And so, yeah, it was an injury that kind of started the beginning of the end. Um, but it was a big blessing in disguise because it gave me time to reflect and really decide, you know what, I want to pursue my passion. I want to mentor others. I want to be in business. And uh, that's kind of how the path started to where we are now, five years later. Around that time, or it could have been earlier or even more recently, is there anyone who, who helped ultimately awaken your alpha when you did kind of find what it is you felt like this is the path and this is, you know, what I'm going to channel my energy into? Is there any figures? And again, they don't necessarily have to be you physically met them it could have just been inspired you from afar or you tell me yeah I think the first one that comes to mind and I was smiling when you asked the question because you just mentioned him Tim Dixon and I met just after that transition away from the game yeah and his energy was something I had never seen before in real life like it was just <laughs> unbelievable and um just inspiring and he just had these sentences that just there's certain people that you just click with you know he talked about being a professional versus an amateur and everything that you yeah. do including just brushing your teeth and I didn't, never thought of life that way um but stuff like that being a predator so he was definitely one right away that we kind of connected and you know his big thing is giving people permission to live a bigger life and that's what I felt from him he's like I felt strength from a, another person that yeah. I, I really hadn't felt before. Um, and then, you know, from afar, I mean, I, I, I love studying successful people. Um, you know, another one of Tim saying is success leaves clues. And so yeah. Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, uh, I mean, just so many people, so many books, you know, the obstacles away was a big one for me with anxiety and depression and yeah. looking at you create obstacles in your head when you go through mental health issues. And so, stuff like that. But, um, I think Tim was a big one. And then my pops obviously has been my hero my entire life, just his strength to deal with anything that comes up in adversity. Um, I kind of drew strength from him. I mean, my entire life, but really the last five years and kind of building a life of my own. So those are the ones that really yeah. come to mind for sure. Cool. And I want to really dig into what is, tell us all about athletes against anxiety and depression and linked to that, then I really want to delve into that subject. Like you say, creating barriers in your mind. And obviously, some of the common, probably the, the pitfalls or early signs of that you're going in the, maybe in the wrong, dire the wrong direction in terms of your mental health. And then obviously, we can talk about maybe ways, and which I, I think we, when we talked about on your show, I can only talk from my perspective. And you've probably got a bit more varied and variety in people you've spoke to about this. So maybe some common ways to 
kind of come out of that of strategies or things that are positive to help people out of the, the hole ultimately. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the path of anxiety or athletes against anxiety and depression. Um, so my first panic attack was eight years ago in 2009 and I had no idea what it was. I thought I was having a heart attack or dying as many people do when they go through their first one. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't really know. And it started me on a path of kind of discovering. And I went to the doctors, got a bunch of tests done. And they're like, no, it's in your mind. And Whoa. you're like, wait, it's in my mind. Like how frustrating is like, you're having these physical symptoms that you feel, you know, it's fight or flight adrenaline. You feel nauseous, like you're th going to throw up, pass out. Yeah. And how is that in my mind? So that was a very frustrating discovery. And so for three, four years, I just did everything in my power to hide what I was going through. I didn't tell friends, I didn't tell family, but what it created was this sort of reclusive lifestyle where I started to avoid any situation that may bring up anxiety. Yeah. And then through the avoidance came depression because you just start getting guilty and you start just, you don't want to get out of bed. You feel depressed. You don't feel like you can go on different stuff like that. And um, really it was 2015. I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting in a parking lot um, about to get food and I was like, I need help. And I can't do this alone. And I had a bunch of numbers of therapists that I had been researching, but I'd never taken the step. And it really was that first step. I made a call to a counselor and decided mm -hmm. I'm going to attack this as an athlete, as a competitor, as a professional. I'm going to beat this um, with positivity and action. And um, through that process, the last three full years, it just has just totally changed from a negative that you're worried about and you're, you're embarrassed about to, no, this is just a part of who I am. It's not all of who I am. And I'm going to use this to help others. And that's where the biggest shift changed was last year in November, I did a social media campaign where I told my story and it was terrifying. I yeah. was scared. A lot of people had no idea I was going through this. Um, but through that campaign, I had people, I mean, I can't even explain. I get goosebumps right now thinking about the response from people reaching out. I mean, CEOs, professional baseball players, people I had been in contact with that you would never think go through anxiety and depression. They were like, please never stop doing what you're doing. Um, I deal with that. You got to keep doing this for people that suffer. And through that campaign, the response, the passion from other people, it just, it, you know, inspired me to do more. And so that's where I got the team of lawyers because they're smarter than I am. And uh, <laughs> they filed all the paperwork. And in March of 2017, um, we got the official letter in the mail where we're official 501c3 foundation with the government. And um, wow, we're off and going. Cool. So in that work, what sort of things do you go? Is it lots of educational? What's the kind of the delivery method? Or how is that practically? How are you putting it out there into the world? Yeah, so right now, the biggest thing for the first year was raising awareness, um, raising awareness, kind of raising resources, funds, um, but big picture, yes, the, the goal is to create classes, nutrition classes, um, exercise classes, just things that people don't necessarily think about that has a huge effect on your, your mental health yeah. and what can bring on anxiety. Um, we have a bunch of articles and resources uh, linked on how to get out of, if you're going through a panic attack, how to get out of a depression, um, different stuff like that. But uh, right now for the first year, the biggest focus was just raising awareness, trying to get, I call them AAAD ambassadors, where there's just people all over the country that know about the foundation, wanna help, yeah. um, and are willing to share their story. And I think my biggest dream 
I mean, there's a huge stigma attached to mental health issues when over 70% of people deal with mental health issues, which is a, there's a huge void right there and that shouldn't happen. But um, my dream is that we just create a community where people aren't ashamed. They're not guilty to share their story. It's just, it's just an attribute like anything else. Sometimes it could be a very unpleasant attribute, but it's a part of who we are and we have to love 100% of who we are if we want to live our true passion and our true meaning. Um, and so I just want to create a community where people are comfortable sharing a hundred percent of who they are really is my biggest goal. When you said about your personal story, that, that, that anxiety attack, were there any telltale signs before that? Or cause it sounds like it's quite a shock to you that you were kind of, that it was an anxiety attack and that it was all sort of a mental health issue. Like, did you feel yourself like getting lower and lower or was that just out of the blue or tell me when was rock bottom? Was it around that time or? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been my, it's just kind of genetics. I've been a worrier um, where you're just, and I think a lot of people that are kind of perfectionist, high strung, you're, you're thinking about everything. You're hyper aware of kind of everything in every situation and what's going on. But in 2009, it was my junior year of college, which is the year as a baseball player, you're going to make your most money if you're a a draft prospect. And the season started I mean, it couldn't have started better. It was absolutely incredible. Um, the scout attention was finally where it should be. The velocity on the fastball was great. And it just all signs pointed to a nice signing bonus, starting a professional career on the right foot, and everything was going great. And then a coach made a decision to take me out of the starting rotation to the surprise of me and every scout in the universe. Um, yeah. But it was something out of my control that just really, really affected kind of what my life path was because you know as an athlete you're working your entire life for Mm. that moment and so yeah it was that winter when everything had kind of just changed for the worse that every I had to think about transferring schools education just a bunch of different big decisions at one time I think led to that panic attack and I'm not I don't know if that necessarily was rock bottom. It was yeah. the rock bottom in terms of one moment because I was in a car driving up north for the holidays and I had to stop and I couldn't get back in my car. That's how bad the panic attack was. Yeah. And my dad my dad had to drive over an hour and a half to come get me with somebody else to get my car and it was just just not not a good spot. But rock bottom for me would really be more like 2012-2013 where I had been fighting to hide it so long that I was just tired and I was depressed Mm. and I, you know, had neglected so many personal relationships because I wouldn't go to social events. I wouldn't take opportunities that came up because of the anxiety and the depression. And so that was rock bottom for me when I wasn't living like myself because I was so afraid that somebody was going to find out what I was going through. Alongside obviously seeking help, what things even almost breaking down within that, what kind of processes or, aspects of it you looking back now you felt helped you at least step in the right direction it may not have seemed it at the time and I, from my personal experience when you're that low sometimes the whole mindset down there is oh what's the point and like you know it, it's not helping because it's, it's never usually a, a big snap where it just obviously you start feeling great all of a sudden but <laughs> what sort of things you felt had an impact for you and th- might be useful for other people listening in Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a great question. I think number one was that first meeting with a counselor and talking to someone, especially if they're a professional and they're good at what they do. When I walked out of that meeting and it was like, this person is unbiased. They're going to listen to me. They're going to challenge me a little bit. You dive into your past. You kind of, 
work through things the way you can't really do with somebody that knows you. Yeah. And so I think that's a huge thing for anybody out there. Even if you don't think you're suffering, it's sometimes good just to get a counselor or a therapist or whatever you want to call it that can sit there and take information unbiased because they don't know you and then give you an unbiased opinion. And it just can kind of, you know, it's like learning anything else. It's just a different perspective and it really helps. So that was one that was massive. Um, and then through my job, I, my day job is I work, I'm the vice president at Jager Sports and I was introduced to mental training and meditation through them over the last 18 years. And so meditation to me is one of the best treatments for anxiety and depression. You just get quiet, you kind of quiet your mind and it's actually training the mind just like you would train your body and exercise, um, how to relax, how to be calm. So that's a big one. And then honestly, the biggest thing that helped me by far was when I started to share and I realized how many people suffer as well. Mm. Because I think the biggest misconception, especially when you first start to go through it, you're unfamiliar with the feelings, you've never talked about it, is you feel like you're all alone. You're on an island. You're suffering all by yourself. And when you really start to do the research and you start to talk and open up, which like I said, is very, very difficult at first. But when you start to do it and you start to have friends, family, other successful people say, yeah, no, I've, I've had anxiety attack or yeah, I've, I've been depressed where I can't get out of bed for days. It just kind of creates that community where you don't feel like you're alone and you're working for something more than just yourself. So those are some of the, the first things that come to mind in terms of general stuff. Um, there's an article and I can send the link or we can get it. Yeah, we'll get that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, I have my five tips for dealing with a panic attack. And, um, you know, the first one is concentrating on your breathing because it can get you out of those, um, <clears throat> excuse me, those deadly thoughts <clears throat> and into yeah. your, uh, into your breathing. You start to focus on your breathing. Um, you can immerse yourself in your surroundings. Like one of the coolest things that somebody taught me was when you start to have a panic attack, notice the most intricate details all around you. And everything in a panic attack is to try to get you out of your head because you're focused so bad on the panic attack that yeah. if you start to notice the make and model of the cars driving by or what somebody's wearing or the smells or the sounds, it can get you out of your head and start to relax you. It sends signals to your brain that you're focused on something else and the panic attack has subsides slowly. So um, there's all kind of great resources. Google is amazing if you uh, search out there. And um, there's definitely definitely different ways to help uh, when you're going through anxiety or depression. I do want to talk again for people listening in timelines. When you had that first meeting with your counselor, um, when would you say, and again, it's purely a perspective thing, you felt actually, I. I'm better or, or I'm at least maybe I'm not fully better, but I'm not depressed. I'm just, you know, I'm on the mend. When did you feel like you were kind of out of that depression phase? Yeah, I would say probably after about three or four sessions, which was about a month or two. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I had euphoria after the first session, just because it's like anything else in life. When you face something that's going to make you uncomfortable and you're kind of uncertain of what's going to happen, but then you get through it and you feel like this sense of accomplishment. Um, so I felt that after the first one, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> everything you talked about in that first one, you start ruminating on it. You start thinking about it a ton and you're like, whoa, like that was deep and heavy. And you kind of go back into that um, mindset. But no, the more we started to work through it and the more um, there was reflection from her that it was, you know, they tell you, you're, you know, you're not crazy, right? Like this is something a lot of people are going through and you're like, oh, 
okay. And you start to feel a little better that way. But I'd say definitely about a month or two, I started to feel a little better. Um, but it was really, you know, like anything else in life, I feel like great things only come through hard work and through journeys. And, you know, it's been, it's been eight years and I still have panic attacks from time to time. I still go through anxiety. There's still things that scare the hell out of me for sure. <laughs> um, so it's been an eight year journey and really the last three years it's gone from, like I said, a white knuckle battle to hide it. And it was yeah. really negative to I'm the anxiety guy now to my friends and family and my <laughs> social circle. It's like, Oh, he's willing to talk about anything he goes through. Like, don't, don't even worry about sugarcoating anything to him. He'll share, he'll talk about anxiety, depression, everything like that, which it's, it's pretty cool to reflect back and look at how it's come full circle. But um, to answer your question directly, I'd say, the initial feeling better was maybe a couple months after deciding to take action and do the work. And then from going from a negative to really a, a positive, probably at least a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Okay. That's good. No, it's good. Good to hear as well, because I, I always feel like it, you know, it is some people, if they hear that, like might be two months or so, they might think, Oh God, I, I, I should be feeling better by now. And I think it's a very individual thing, but I think what we spoke about when we spoke on your podcast, you know, it can take a, a long time to get all the way out of it. But, you know, it's as long as you're, you know, if you're on the right road and improving, then obviously that's a good way to, a good place to be. Right. Uh, we're going to do the alpha round now. And I'd like to start that off with, is there a particular quote that really resonates with you or you feel like represents how you approach life? Is there anything that springs to mind? Ooh, so I have two, if that's okay. Or is yeah. it a speed round? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. So <clears throat> The one I have on my desk right here is there is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. And I think that was Kennedy, I believe, someone like that. I was that. thinking of president. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> I had a vibe on that as well. Yeah. yeah. And basically, you know, it's, it's how to get out of ego and don't care who gets the credit. Just do work, take action, create, help others. And don't worry so much about the credit or attention because I think a lot of us get caught up in that. Um, and that can create anxiety and a mental health, you know, snowball if you're always trying to seek approval and seek, mm. you know, reward. Um, and then the other one, I don't want to butcher it, but I believe it's Maya Angelou. And it's people won't remember what you said. They won't always remember what you did, but they, they will always remember how you made them feel. And I think a lot of us get so consumed in ourselves and in what we're thinking about and what, you know, what is on our agenda that we don't always take the time to maybe just greet somebody with a smile or greet somebody with eye contact or ask somebody genuinely, not just because that's what we do. Like, Oh, Hey, how are you? Like genuinely caring about that answer. And if there's any way to help people, um, because I think, you know, especially in my journey, the last three to five years, life's all about others and helping others and working for something bigger than yourself. That's when you feel the most purpose, when you feel the most um, kind of fulfilled is when you're working for the greater good of a group and not just for yourself. So those are the two quotes that kind of, I always have in my brain a little bit. Nice. Is there a particular book? And I'm going to go specific first, because I think this is more of a challenge. Is there a particular book around, and it doesn't necessarily have to be de depression or, you know, that sort of, but around the kind of that mental toughness, which is also ultimately the flip side of <laughs> depression is obviously being having processes of because it's to be mentally strong or at least mentally healthy. 
that you think is out there and, and if there isn't one maybe you should write it but <laughs> yeah yeah any books no. particularly around that that you could recommend yeah number one is uh dare it's um it's by barry mcdonough and it's a it's the modern way to end panic attacks and anxiety is the title underneath dare and basically it's a, a four-step process of when you're going through a panic attack, you use the dare response, which is diffuse. So you diffuse your thoughts. You accept that you're going through a panic attack because that triggers things in the brains when you accept it instead of fight it. You run towards, which, you know, you, you kind of embrace it. You're like, yes, give me more because your brain, it's all scientific and how it triggers the brain. And then E is engage your surroundings. So that one was cool because it's such a simple concept that even yeah. during a panic attack, you can remember those four letters. And then the one I referenced earlier is the obstacle is the way. Ryan um, Holiday, yeah. Yeah. And you wow. can, yeah, Ryan Holiday. And you can, you can apply that to so many things in life but with mental health issues. I mean, it's an obstacle in your brain. And if you can look at, you know, that obstacle is the way I'm going to attack it. I'm going to compete against it. And it's just a part of who I am. I think you can change for the better for sure. Awesome. Is there a particular resource or hack or something you use in your daily life that helps keep you on the straight and narrow or you just think is, you know, in enhances your life and your productivity and what you'd get up to? Yes. So, um, and this is pretty recent for me, but I call them accountability sheets where yep. I made these little charts and made a hundred copies. So it covers two years, 104 weeks. Um, what do I need to do three to five things on a daily basis that helps me live my best life? What, you know, stretch, meditate, read, Bible study, different stuff like that. And then I, the other one is what do I need to do three to five times per week to live my best life? Whether it's, you know, running a total of 20 miles in those five days, um, writing my book for four days a week, at least an hour so that I get, you know, on my timeline. Um, but everybody kind of knows what they need to do, especially if they sit back and kind of reflect on it. And so I, I love it. It's on my wall and I just check it off day by day, what I get done, what I don't. And there's no winning, there's no losing, there's just improving. And so that's been a huge life hack for me in terms of it's a constant reminder right there on my wall before I walk out of my room. What do you need to do on a daily basis and on a weekly basis to be closer to the best version of yourself? Nice. Yeah. When it comes to depression, I suppose, what are some of the things you, you not necessarily see, but you hear of or you think are a mistake to do when you're trying to come out of depression? I mean, and again, it's, it's quite a murky world because you probably don't hear about this. It's hard to, to find out about this sort of thing. But we think maybe they could, it's an error, basically, in, in terms of how people deal with depression. Is there anything that springs to mind? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest things, and again, it's all individualized and yeah. you can't trivialize different what different people go through. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, there's no hope, there's no resources, and I'm always going to feel like this. It's kind of some of the rhetoric you hear from people that are really struggling and they convince themselves of that for so long that if they just take that action, that first step, whatever they feel that first step is for themselves, it starts that timeline so much sooner. And I think that's one of my biggest goals. I think why I have such passion for it is I just want, like, kind of like Tim likes to give people permission to play a bigger life. I want to give people permission to be all of who they are. And when you start to accept it and take that first action, 
you start that timeline so much sooner towards, you can call it recovery, you can talk it, you can call it, uh, you know, happiness, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. But I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they feel like there's no hope. And this, I'm only saying this, I'm not preaching, I'm saying this because yeah. I did this for years, is there's no hope, I need to hide this, and you don't feel like there's an action to take. And if you just wake up every day with, I'm going to take an action today, and if it's the wrong one, and it's the wrong counselor, it's the wrong Google search, it's okay because I have tomorrow, I think that starts you on your path towards a better life without depression or at least with a, you know, a less level of depression. But yeah. I think that's the big thing is people get caught in that cycle for so long because they don't feel as hope. There is hope. I want to talk about the earlier phase. What is the difference between someone who's, you know, unhappy or they're just having an off day or off week as opposed to when you think, actually, this isn't normal. I shouldn't be this unhappy this often. Or you start to think there's the days you are happy are less and less. It's almost like the early warning stage. Someone might say, oh, you're depressed or no, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just a bit down or I'm a bit, uh, there's that, that line. When does it, is it depression? And what are these early warning stages or signs you, in your opinion, where you say actually this cannot be ignored to, oh, I'm just a bit down. I'll be all right tomorrow kind of scenario. You need to actually proactively start doing things or it's, it's that slippery slope trying to notice it early and what things can you put in place actions that maybe will stop it going from I'm unhappy to I'm depressed kind of nip it in the bud earlier. I know it's a really tricky situation. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think you touched on the big one for me anyway, in my opinion is when you feel down more often than you feel normal or happy. I think that's one of the early signs, especially if you've been kind of a happy person or at least neutral your entire life. If you're consistently feeling down um, not enjoying things you used to enjoy, um, especially fun things like you go to a social outing or something that you used to enjoy and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, this isn't fun and you start to have negative thoughts and different stuff like that. Yeah. And then I think the second phase, which is maybe even bigger, is lethargy and like extreme tiredness or extreme yeah. sleeping changes. Because when you when you are actually depressed, when you get diagnosed with depression, you all of a sudden you go back to like your teenager sleeping ways. Like you'll sleep for 10, 12 hours and wake up exhausted still yeah. Yeah. even after great sleep. And so that's a big trigger. If you start to experiencing that on a consistent basis where you feel like, wait a minute, I went to bed at 10 o'clock. I got up at seven, that's nine hours and I'm exhausted. Mm. And if that's coupled with some of those other thoughts we're talking about where you just feel sad or you feel down and you're not enjoying things, those are some early signs that you may be depressed or, you know, heading for depression. And that's where, like you said, you can nip it in the bud by going to seek professional help. Do you think it's possible to, at the early stages of what it genuinely is, not depression, just, you know, starting to maybe be unhappy more often, is there any basic actions that again it's i know it can be quite a generic and everyone's difference but some things that are like core to human beings that you think you need to be doing this and this to and not saying it will stop you getting depressed but this may help you avoid it or you know that's a tough one but it's tricky isn't it yeah it's it's tricky i think i mean then this is just scientific data it's been proven over and over if you're starting to feel a little bit like that at the beginning and you feel like you need to do something exercises by far the greatest thing you can do for your body chemistry to kind of get away from depression um, and nip it in the bud early, you know, and exercise is different for different people. Some people like to run, some people like to walk, get on a bike, but 
getting fresh air, getting the body moving, getting the blood flowing. Yeah. It's just proven that endorphins, things that happen will make you feel better. This uh, is, I mean, this is another thing where I think it's so interesting, the angle you've come at it in terms of, you know, athletes against anxiety and depression, because the, the nature of an athlete is someone who's, you know, working out regularly. But I mean, it's so interesting because I, I agree completely with, you know, the exercise type thing. Um, but no, it's an interesting aspect when you're dealing with that, you know, that portion of the population that as a, as kind of a norm, they are exercising relatively. <laughs> yeah. And if that, you know, another one that comes to mind, if that doesn't work is just like gratitude reflection can always help because we get so caught up in the day to day routine and we get <clears throat> kind of just sucked into that world that you don't reflect on how fortunate you really are. And I think yeah. a lot of us are a lot more fortunate than we give ourselves credit for or that we're willing to admit because sometimes it's easier to hold on to excuses or different things like that. And I think, you know, if at the end of each day or at the beginning of each day, you just give yourself three things that you're thankful for, it can change your mindset for the entire day. It's like, I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my puppy. Um, like just any little things you can do to remind yourself that you're more fortunate than you might be feeling. Um, so there's all kinds of little things like that, 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 um, it just depends on who you are and what helps you. But I know those two exercise and just constantly trying to remind myself how lucky and fortunate I really am, um, are two that help me for sure. And when you think of someone who may be a great interview for this show and awaken your alpha, that person pops into your mind. Yeah, they've got value to give and this, this is a good fit. Who's, who is that from your network? Man, that's a great question. I mean, the obvious one you've already had on at yep. least once, uh, Tim Dixon. Um, there's a gentleman that's part of my team, which I think team is so important. You know, who you surround yourself with is who you really become. And Scott Morris um, is a gentleman that he's really big in real estate. He's, he's worked his whole life. He's been in real estate and he's gotten to big, big levels of real estate. But he has such a passion for helping others. His son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and he made it his life's goal to change the world of type 1 diabetes. And that's just kind of how he's wired. And he awakens, like he talks about winning each day, which is yeah. kind of another way for saying awaken your alpha each day. Mm -hmm. And he just his energy, his passion um, is just so cool because he's so successful and real estate a lot of times is such a, a cutthroat business and yeah. it's deals like this, but he's all about giving back. Yeah. He definitely embodies and symbolizes awaken your alpha because he wakes up each day with a purpose, a passion and takes action. Um, like the other people, like we've talked about Tim Dixon yourself yeah. and others yeah. like that. Brilliant. <laughs> and what is the best way? Cause I say, I feel like, this subject, we may repeat ourselves a little bit, and there's, it's, it's not an easy topic to tackle, which is great why you are tackling it. What's the easiest way if people want to connect or they've, some things we've mentioned have resonated with them, they want to connect with you and Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression and find out more about all and everything you do? Yeah, so the website for the foundation is triplaadf.org. So that's aaadf.org, which stands for Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression Foundation. Um, and we've got resources on there to, you know, whatever you're dealing with, there's therapists, um, drug and alcohol re rehab, articles about how to deal when you're going through panic attacks. Um, you can contact me directly through there. And then social media, I'm easy to find. China, just like the country, McCarney, M-C-C-A-R-N-E-Y. And I love hearing from people that are going through anything, want to talk, want to be involved. And so those are the two best ways. And everything's... Um, 
public, so there's no private social media. So I'm usually on there every day responding to messages and everything like that. And uh, one of the coolest features of the, the foundation site <clears throat> is we have this new tab called Tell Your Story, where you can submit, you know, if you're willing to share um, and be part of the community, you can submit your story, kind of how anxiety and depression has impacted your life, kind of where you're at in your journey. And um, it's been cool because we've had quite a few people share and people reading and commenting and everything like that. So um, those are the easiest way to, to contact me, get a hold of me, and I'd love to hear from everybody. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, and I want to say thank you to you. Um, we've, you know, gotten to talk to each other twice now, each on the other's podcast, and I just love what you embody. I love your – I follow you on all the social media. I love what you – are doing on a daily basis to make the world a better place and to, like like tim's mission my mission your mission it's just about helping others kind of live into their greatness and so i appreciate you i appreciate what you've done for my life just following your podcast following the stuff that you do and i really appreciate the opportunity to be on here cheers right yeah cheers <laughs> mate i've just uh i said i wouldn't put the video back on say goodbye because i was just as you're saying that i was just my smile was getting bigger <laughs> the awaken your alpha podcast head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.